Hey folks, it's Isaline, and I'm thrilled to record another episode of Work in SEO podcast, a podcast where we explore the diversity of career path in SEO. We interview amazing people to learn from them and help you find your way in your SEO career. I'm Isaline Mühlhauser, SEO nerd and content strategist, founder of the SEO consultancy Pilea.ch. Today, I am joined by the brilliant Melissa Pop, friendly neighborhood content strategist at Rickety Room. Melissa has a long career of content writer with big names and funny anecdotes on ranking with informational content on words queries. Hey, Melissa, welcome. Hello. How are you doing today? And more importantly, where are you? I'm doing great. Um, I'm starting my day here at home in Denver, Colorado. Uh, my home office, my home base, if you will. And this is today Working SEO podcast with Melissa Pop, and we discuss how to work on the road or how to be a digital nomad. That's the key word today. And during this podcast, you will learn why and when it is a good time to go on the road. And of course, we are going to discuss the challenges to have you prepared if you want to switch to being a digital nomad. And the fun, of course, the good thing and the bad thing. So, Melissa, can you tell us a little bit more about you and when you got into the beautiful world of writing and of SEO? Well, I have always been a writer since I was four or five years old. I loved writing short stories, poems, everything I could get my hands on. I love getting assigned essays in school. And I love just sharing my thoughts with people, whether they wanted to hear them or not. I went to college for journalism, and during that time, I wanted to be a foreign correspondent and go overseas and share other people's stories, because I felt sharing stories is very important, especially when it's outside of our own view of the world. During my college time, I took my year off to find myself, like many of us do. You know, you're not sure what you want to do. You're not sure if you're happy with what you're studying, and I picked up a few freelance writing gigs because friends had recommended, hey, you're a writer. Don't you know you can make money this way? Why don't you do that? And so for me, at first it was just writing, kind of as SEO was starting. And I realized, holy cow, if I can figure out ways to combine SEO with writing and I can do it on my own time, I don't have to be tied and chained to a desk like many people do once they get out of college and find a job. So from there, I started working continued freelance gigs. I've worked in-house doing SEO and content marketing. I've worked on the agency side, but I've done a lot of this on the road, visiting friends, being able to move here and there as I please. I've traveled by Amtrak, the train, throughout a lot of the U.S. from college to now. I've lived at the beach for a couple of years, on beach bumming and writing from the sand. I do a lot of camping. And, you know, all these opportunities I'm given is because our work is really incredible that we can do it from anywhere. And to give our audience an idea of how uniquely you you merge creative writing and uh, SEO, I have read the anecdotes on LinkedIn about the plumber. So can you share this with the audience? I think it was a beautiful example of of how you write and how you take the best of each world to write content. Yeah, the plumber story is one I share. Uh, 
in interviews when I'm looking for work, uh, just with people in our industry. One of the things I seem to be really good at is pulling out the micro moments of a particular story, whether I'm writing something creative or I'm doing something for SEO. I'm always looking for opportunities where I can find something that nobody else is writing about. And so I had a local plumber here in Denver and I was creating a content strategy for him. And in Google Search Console, I see that he's getting a lot of traffic to his website from people searching for what to do if you get your hand stuck in the garbage disposal. Now, I don't know about everybody else, but if I got my hand stuck in the garbage disposal, I probably wouldn't be going to Google to figure out what to do. <laughs> but somehow people were searching and they were coming to his website for that. The thing was, he didn't really have any content on his website about that, but somehow Google was making the correlation and people were clicking on his site, so he was ranking for it. So I was like, well, what if we created a blog post to give people the guide they need that if that happens, what they should do so that they don't get injured or hurt and whatnot. So I wrote up this awesome blog, five reasons or five things to do when your hand gets stuck in the garbage disposal. It immediately ranked top three in Google, eventually number one. And to this day, it, it was the number one traffic driver to his website. And what was even crazier is that on many occasions it was converting and he was getting business from it. This is a story I love to tell because so many of us are focused on trying to find what's going to drive the most volume, what's going to be the most relevant traffic to a website. And sometimes that's not always what works. And so I love trying to find those moments like I did for this plumber to find unique ways to drive traffic. And that blog post, for all I know, really helped someone who got in that situation not get injured or lose a hand you know, and, and so that's exciting to be able to find those ideas that are kind of outside the box for clients through content strategy. That's a wonderful example of how to use the tools and, and the data and how to be creative about writing. And I just love, totally love this example. But let's go back to today's subject. Uh, so when did you decide that you wanted to work on the road and, and what's happened at this point? What's happened between the moment you decided that you wanted to do it and that you actually did and left? So I would say probably about 2005, 2006, I was still living in my college town, not going to school. And as I started picking up freelance work and with tools like PayPal to get paid and the different project management systems and communication systems that came up, it became a lot easier to work with clients one-on-one -on -one versus sitting in an office doing work. And as I started thinking more about that, I was like, the first thing I thought of was, well, wait a minute, I can live anywhere I want. I don't have to stay in this college town and find a job and work. I could literally move anywhere I want. So from there, my best friend at the time, uh, her family was going through some struggles and I decided to help them out and move in with them at the beach. And so I lived at a beach house, probably about a 10 minute walk from the beach, um, could work from the house, help them out where they needed, and then work from the beach, like the literal feet in my sand laptop on my lap. And that was kind of the first time I realized, you know, the freedom of what we do. And now back then, I mean, you're talking 15 plus years ago now, you know, a lot of jobs weren't allowing you to work remotely. Your traditional nine to fives wanted you in the office. 
wanted you collaborating that way. And, you know, we didn't really have a lot of tools back then to be able to work the way we do um, all remote now. So, you know, at first it was more about, I want to move somewhere and not be tied to a desk. And from there it evolved that, you know, I realized, well, I have friends in DC. I have friends in New York City. I have friends up and down the East Coast. You know, I can travel to get there. And Amtrak's a relatively cheaper way to travel versus flying everywhere. Um, and so I was like, well, I can take Amtrak. And the cool thing is, is if I do an overnight trip on Amtrak, I can also work on the train. So, you know, this opened up a whole world of possibilities of, you know, if I wanted to go for a week and visit friends in D.C., I can work from D.C. If I want to go camping for a weekend and I need to do a couple of things, I can do that as well. And so the possibilities just kind of opened up that it was like, I really can with a laptop and a phone. And as long as I have stable Internet, I can work and go anywhere. It doesn't just have to be a coffee shop or, you know, a co-working space. It literally could be in the middle of a national park, surrounded by nature, just enjoying the world. And so for me, that kind of really opened up all these possibilities of I don't need to be tied to a desk. And I can make it happen as long as I plan and stay consistent with what I'm doing so that whoever I'm working with is getting what they need in a timely manner. So what did you need like to prepare to go? What's in your bag? basically, to have the adequate setup to deliver work? Yeah, for me, I mean, the number one thing is a stable internet connection. And so that was a little bit harder back when I started. Um, you, you didn't have mobile hotspots work the way they do now. You know, uh, 5G, those sorts of things weren't rolled out where you had more stable signals even in the middle of the woods. So, you know, as long as I have a stable internet connection, that's at some point during the trip, that's important. Um, you know, having my laptop, you know, I have a higher end laptop that can perform, that can do stuff like video, all of that, having my phone so that I can use it as a hotspot, but also communicate if I'm not at my laptop, maybe I'm at a restaurant, maybe something comes up not during non-working hours. For me, those are the core things I need. Uh, and I do all of my stuff virtually. So all my note taking is done in Evernote. You know, I use my own project management tools like Trello and Todoist to manage my tasks. So a lot of what I do is within our virtual world online. So as long as I have access to those things, I can still work. But one of the most important lessons I learned at the beginning is, well, yeah, if we don't have Internet, what are we going to do? We can't work. We can't communicate with clients. So I make sure when I'm working, um, I use the cloud to sync all of my work. But if I know I'm going to be away from an internet signal, I make sure that I have access to all those documents offline. So I don't get in a situation where I may not have internet and I literally can't work. But as long as I can work offline, when I get back online, then I can go ahead and send things to clients, communicate all of those things. So the first important thing would be to yeah, check that all documents, everything necessary is, is accessible offline. And also, I, I noticed that in the setup you need, you did not mention uh, headphones. So I wonder if you have super ability to concentrate on your work or, or if you are one of these person listening to lots of music or, you know, some people like to have noises around or so how do you deal with the not being concentrated on your work, you know? 
So I'm a bit of both. I definitely carry headphones with me, but it's interesting that if I had, I, I could only, you know, I have five minutes to pack my bag and can only take these items, they wouldn't necessarily be the first thing I grab. I do use my Bose Quiet Comfort noise canceling headphones, and I also use my Samsung Galaxy Buds as my kind of everyday headphones. And those do come with me when I'm traveling and whether it's a coffee shop or not. But I'm a people person. I love to people watch. I am, depending on what I'm doing, I'm invigorated by the noise around me. And yes, I totally am the person who is constantly listening to music or have a podcast on in the background. Of course, it really depends on the tasks you're doing. If you're doing data analysis and content strategy, those sorts of things, your brain can probably process what's going on around you while you're doing that. But if I'm writing or editing, you know, that's when I need more quiet time and potentially would put on the headphones. But yeah, it's interesting because um, headphones have never been a deal breaker for me when working. I'm one of the unique people that can work in those situations. How do you handle communication with clients? I expect that you've had some difference in timing, like us today, for me, it's late afternoon and for you, it's in the morning. So do you prefer asynchronous communication or how do you manage to, to be on call, sort of available, but also in a time that is correct for you and the place where you currently are? Well, that's one of the great things about what we do, too, is that we get to meet people all around the world, like us connecting today. You know, I just finished my morning coffee, and I'm sure after this, you'll probably get ready to go to bed. And it's incredible what technology can do. But, you know, we were able to find a good time that worked for both of us, that didn't put either of us out. So I'm a firm believer that if you're working with a client, you can find and make compromise on both sides. And I think addressing that from the get-go is super important. I'm very communicative with my clients outside of my day job. You know, I make sure they know whether I'm unavailable for a day because I got a headache or I'm going on vacation or maybe, you know, I'm going to go off the grid for a few days. I let them know well ahead of time that, hey, you know, I'm going to be gone through these dates. If you need anything, feel free to email me, but I won't get back to you until I get back. And, and I set those boundaries um, as I think we all should. I very rarely, because of the way I, I work with my clients, have emergency situations, luckily, where, you know, all of a sudden something's happening that it's an SOS, you have to get on something. Uh, luckily, when you're doing content marketing, you usually don't have SOSs like you would in SEO or web development. So that's nice. But I'm, I'm a firm believer in being upfront, honest, and, and not oversharing what's going on, but just, you know, You're enjoying life too, and your clients want to enjoy life too. If it's a right fit for you when you're working with someone, they should understand that and they want to set boundaries too. Like how long in advance would you send an email saying that you would be unavailable? I try to give a five to seven day notice. That's just kind of been my standard in general. I'm actually getting ready to go on a three week vacation at the end of this month. So probably next Monday is when I would start letting the handful of my, my clients outside of my day job know that, hey, I'm going to be unavailable, but I'll be checking in on these days, that sort of thing. You know, obviously, if you have something, um, I, I've had things come up where, you know, a friend will call and be like, hey, do you want to go to the mountains for the day? Let's go gamble, you know, at a casino for a day. And, you know, as soon as I know that, you know, I'll send out an email and be like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. Just to let you know I'll be out of touch for the day. 
And very rarely have I ever had anybody, um, be, again, because of the way I structure my relationships with clients, they already know what to expect when it comes to reporting, deliverables, that sort of thing. So I think that's a really key thing for anybody looking to live a nomadic life with what we do is your processes and your schedule, you know, your clients want to understand the consistency there. And as long as you deliver that, whether you take a day off or a month off, they're going to know what to expect. So you're not going to run into issues, whether you take a random day off or you want to go off the grid for a month or two. I hear that it's really about uh, clearly communicating what you're doing and having like a process sort of a strict process that, that you would always follow so people can understand, all right, if she's doing that, I can expect this and, and such things, right? Absolutely. And I mean, that's the most critical thing that separates people who can work from home or work remote from people that need the structure of an office. There's nothing wrong with, with either of those. You know, a lot of people right now want to pit everybody um, against one another uh, well, my boss wants me to come back to, to the office and I don't want to. I've liked working from home. And, you know, I think really the key is what works right for you. Not everybody can work from home. You know, some can do a hybrid where they can kind of, you know, work a couple days at home, but they also need that structure of the office a couple other days. So I'm a big believer in finding what works for you and not trying to force something that necessarily is going to cause trouble for you with work. But this is one of those things in life that until you try it, you're really not going to know what you're made of and what you can push yourself to do to start enjoying the world around you. I find really interesting that you say that you enjoy being on the road and that you are a, a people person because I had this idea that like, I really like enjoying from home and it's been really game changing for me that not sitting in an office and organizing my own day. But I would say that I'm more of an introvert and I like deep silence <laughs> to work and I don't need that much interaction. I'm, I'm happy to have moments of interaction outside of work. And I really like that you say basically the exact contrary, which means that it's a way of life that, that suits both. Because I had this idea that when you, when you work from home, you might be more alone, but actually, no, you can be also really with people and meeting people. Oh, definitely. And see, I'm the person, see, what's really interesting is I love working from home. I, I definitely feel like I'm more productive, more focused, and I get more done working from home by myself. But I love being in an office as well. You know, during COVID, the job I had at the time was an in-office, in-house position where, you know, I was commuting every day to work. And, you know, we had our three months at home doing our quarantines as the state shut down here. And I mean, I was talking to people all day. I'm on Slack. I'm on the phone. I was like, let's just get on a Zoom and see each other's faces um, and not just people with work, but my friends, my family, that sort of thing. But for me, now that I work from home at Rickety Roof full time, you know, I'll go and work from a coffee shop and talk to the random people at the coffee shop. You know, I'm the worst person traveling because I go to the airport and I'm the person that if I see an opening and have a conversation with someone, I'll have that conversation with you. <laughs> it's been a very interesting transition to work home full time again for me because I, I was so used to that office environment and I thrive in it. 
but I find new ways now to get that social contact. You know, with my coworkers at Ricky Debru, you know, we're leveraging Slack, Google Hangouts to talk to one another. Now that things are loosening up with COVID and more people are vaccinated, including myself, you know, I'm going out to dinners with friends. I'm starting, like I said, I'm going on this three-week vacation in a couple weeks um, to actually see my best friend that I lived with at the beach. And uh, I'm super excited because, you know, we all were able to get vaccinated and actually make this trip happen. And uh, so that's going to be exciting. Um, but I find different ways to get that social contact. So, you know, for anybody listening today that's thinking, this sounds really cool. I would love to get on the road. But what about all that t- those times I'm not around people? Go and find your people. You know, go out to a restaurant or a bar. Go to a social event. Go to a concert. You know, put yourself out there. You will find people to, to, to have these moments with and interact with that will that will keep you satisfied if you need that social contact. Don't let that stop you from going out and and trying to be on the road. And did you mostly work traveling in the U.S. or did you go also to other countries? Unfortunately, I have really only traveled in the U.S. so far. And that's more the financial constraints than anything else. But I'm hoping in the next couple of years, a lot of that changes you know, if we can get past COVID and more things start opening up, you know, I would love to figure out a way to, to I, I may be in my 30s now, but I would still love to do the young kids backpacking through Europe adventure, you know, and um, I, I would love to go to Australia. It's been a dream of mine to uh, swim, um, you know, in the oceans and explore the reefs there. But, you know, the U.S., there are so many beautiful things here, just like, you know, every country has these wonders of nature and you know my big dream someday is to own an rv and be able to travel all through north america and 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 go to places in canada and national parks there and the national parks here in the u.s that i haven't been to and and really get to explore sometimes we forget when we travel how much really is at home as well as what what's there when you leave I really like this idea because spontaneously, when you say digital nomads, you imagine someone at the beach or in some really faraway country that is not home. But today, speaking with you, I've realized that I could do like traveling in my own country and that would be on the roads too. And that would be probably less complicated than going in another country. But that would still be some kind of adventure. And given the current circumstances, it's actually easier to, to stay in our own country. So I think it, it's provided us a really interesting wider perspective than what I had at the beginning when I started speaking with you. Because now I feel like, hey, before I go to some faraway place, I can actually just try going around my own country in visiting friends and family. And that would be a good starting point also to to test the organization if, if I like it or not. And if you have um, an advice for someone who is thinking about going on the road, what, what would it be? My biggest piece of advice would be to just try it. Stop letting your job, your friends, your family, the world around you, your self-doubts let you believe that you can't do this because just like you said you don't have to go to the end of the world to be a nomad there are going to be things in your own city probably within five to ten miles of where you live 
that you could go do for a day or even a little bit further out there that you could do for a weekend. Start with something like that. You'll know right away if you can do this or not or if you even like doing this. Maybe you just want to get away and not even touch the computer or talk to anyone. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But don't let the fear that you can't do this or it's going to be too much stop you from trying. You know, that would be my very like biggest piece of advice. Don't let that self-doubt get in your way of traveling. Second, if your work, you know, it really depends on your work setup. Like I'm really lucky at my current job that we have a fully flexible schedule and we're trusted to get our job done, whether we're traveling, whether we're sick, whether we just want to take a day off for our mental health, you know, and, and I'm really lucky because not a lot of people have that with a day job. And so it's finding ways how you make your job work with what you want to do. So for, for instance, I'm going on this trip in a couple of weeks and I'm taking a full week off, but then I'm going to work pretty much part time the rest of the time I'm there. And so I already know that my, you know, my friend has two kids and we're going to be seeing friends and we're going to be going to the beach. We're going to be doing these things. So once I know what that schedule looks like, then I can start planning, okay, I need to do this many hours on this day. Oh, maybe I'll work at night instead of the morning this day. It's tackling what your schedule's gonna look like and then holding yourself accountable to it. Because at the end of the day, whether you're working at the beach, whether you're working in Iceland, whether you're working from your mom's basement because she's driving you nuts upstairs and you gotta get away from her, you know, you still have to get your work done. So planning around what you're doing versus just saying, eh, I'm not going to do it. That's really the key to success to getting your work done. The other thing probably that I would advise for people is if you're going on a trip and you need that trip and you thought you could work during it, don't force yourself to work if you actually need that time away. Now, Again, it depends on your job and how lucky you might be with flexibility. Obviously, if you're a freelancer and a contractor, you can set your own schedule. You know, it's be honest with yourself of why you need to take these trips. Because if you go into it and you're not getting work done, and maybe, you know, you just needed a break or it was too much work to take on the road, don't beat yourself up. Be honest about what happened. Be honest with your clients and your job and then figure out how you're gonna stop that from happening next time. And maybe that's how you're scheduling things, maybe that's you just took too much on, um, but really take the time to figure out what works for you so that you don't, uh, you don't set yourself up for failure in a way that's just gonna keep making this nomadic lifestyle happen the same way. You wanna enjoy your time on the road, you wanna get paid, and you wanna have fun. And if you're not do- getting either done, by hitting the road, and you're doing something wrong with how you're setting yourself up for success for this lifestyle. I heard it's it's like first start simple and try it out, and then one has to be very clear with one's expectations and have very clear boundaries and goals, and really be committed to to them and to getting the work done, and also being very aware of one's needs, like. Maybe I want to be on the road because I need time off. And, and then it's a completely different setup and environments I, I might need. And so it's really about having this personal awareness of, of what we need, really. That's a beautiful um, 
It's a beautiful perspective. I really like today's podcast. It's it's also very hopeful because it's like it's actually easy to do it and we can do it very close and also very I feel there is lots of self-development that can be done and to set oneself up for success. And what would be your next step now? I, I suppose you said you were vaccinated and maybe it's time to, you have this big holiday coming up, but do you say, do you see another big change in the coming month or years or something else you, you want to do or go? Well, first, I think we need to get through COVID and then we can really start figuring out where anybody wants to go, you know? And so for me, this trip that's coming up, this is a mental health trip as much as it is as a holiday. I haven't actually left Denver um, since January 2019 due to a series of events with both my career and then COVID. So I need to get out of Dodge and, you know, I've done all the things my best friend has done all the things that we can make this happen and do it safely and not worry as much about what's going on with the pandemic, which is nice. Um, but from there, you know, I'm hoping next year, you know, to make a couple different trips. You know, I would love to go see my mom who lives in North Carolina. She lives in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina, surrounded by beauty and colorful trees. And that'll be a great trip. I'm hoping to make it to New York City at some point next year. Um, I love New York City. It's one of my favorite places ever. And, you know, right now, those are the two big things. And pretty much as far as I can see in the future for now, because of what's going on in the world. But from there, the sky's the limit. You know, I'm hoping as a global community, we can get a grip on COVID and more people can start traveling. And, you know, at that point, I think I feel more comfortable looking at destinations in Europe. I would love to go to Greece. I would love to go to Rome. I think right now, you know, the focus is really for people who want to be nomadic is what can you do locally? What can you do within your own state, your own province, your own country that will let you see the world and do it safely? And I think really, you know, that's where my kind of travel focus is right now because of where we are with the world. Thank you so much for sharing. And I see that time is running because it's so nice to talk to you. And I have one last chapter that I like to do in the podcast episode. It's um, at the end. Is there someone you think I should invite next in the podcast who's also one you want to mention? It's a moment now to just share the love and, you know, and uh, maybe a little bit of visibility with someone. Yeah, well, um, I recently took part in Women in Tech SEO mentorship cohort, and I was paired up with Tiffany De Silva, who is just one of the most incredible people I've ever met. Um, over the three months we worked together, she really pushed me out of my comfort zone, what I thought of myself, and helped me see the world in a different, better place. Um, and so um, she's awesome. She'll probably hear this and, and, uh, and shy up about it but she is an awesome inspiration to me and I think she'd be an awesome inspiration to anybody um, who'd get the opportunity to talk with her. Thanks so much and if people want to continue chatting with you and keep on discussing where can they find you? I pretty much exclusively live on Twitter and that's pretty much uh, where I communicate with people especially in our industry where I share my thoughts on all things content, SEO, video games, travel. So if people want to follow me there, the more the merrier.
My Twitter handle is at popupwriter, and maybe we can share that so it's easier for people when uh, this goes live. Yes, I will add everything you mentioned in the transcript, in the notes of the show. And thank you so much again for being here. And thank you everyone for joining us today. That was a brilliant talk. I want to go tomorrow, take my cats with me and go on the road. <laughs> Do it. Absolutely. And please, if you have any feedback for me, do reach out. I have a Twitter account. It's at work in SEO. Any feedback, reviews and comments, just let me know. And I'm looking forward to the next podcast episodes. Thank you.